I literally got finished and I, I found a curb and I just sat there and cried at the end because my body was really, really hurting. And my friends were searching for me and I couldn't even like get my phone to tell them that I was okay. Like between my hands being frozen because I was cold and I didn't have the proper attire on to the fact that I just did 13.1 miles untrained. Like my body was literally in shock. Welcome to Part-Time Athletes, a podcast that interviews everyday people about their fitness journeys. That was India Cook. She's an Atlanta-based runner and running coach. She also co-hosts the podcast, The Run Duo, and has a vlog on YouTube called Miles from India. And this is your host, Bree Outside. In today's episode, we're talking to India about her running journey, how she got started, what keeps her motivated, and she's also got some tips for running in the cold weather. Quick disclaimer before we get started, if you choose to apply any advice or opinions from this podcast or its guests to your own life or anyone else's, you do so at your own risk. Okay. Now that that's out of the way, let's get started, athletes. So were you athletic in school or is that something that came later in life? Um, so, yes. Yeah, so I was athletic in school. Um, so I actually was a cheerleader since the age that I could walk. Like my mom put me into cheerleading super early. Um, and so I cheerleaded. Uh, I was a cheerleader all the way up until 10th grade. Um, and then I did dancing 11th and 12th grade, but then in the midst of that from eighth grade, I did do track and field, but it was, I was a sprinter. So I did, um, the open four, I did the four by four and I did 300 hurdles. Um, so I did do a little bit of track. I wasn't like fully into it. I, I found that I was always getting headaches during track season. And my doctor realized that it was probably just stress overload of as far as expectations. So I did cut track out a little earlier than I would have liked to, but I continued to do cheerleading and dance. So I was definitely not a distance runner. It was almost as if like when it came to running a mile or a couple miles, it was more so punishment. So my, you know, my cheerleading coach, if something happened or we didn't nail a stun or something like that, they're like, go run a mile. So I did not have a good relationship with distance running. Unfortunately, Um, it was more so just, uh, just speed work. Um, and then distance running was more of a punishment. So I didn't really like it. <laughs> but yes, I was athletic. <laughs> <laughs> and then when did you get back into running and especially long distance running? I, it seems like a common theme. I found a lot of track athletes in high school and then they become distance runners later in life. So how mm-hmm. did you get into that? So for me, straight out of high school, I did not continue running. Um, I did do a year. I was a semi-pro cheerleader here in Atlanta. Um, So I did do a season of that. And then once I did a season of that, that was back in 2014, 2015, um, I said I needed to find a sport that I could continue to run or excuse me, continue to do that had some team camaraderie, like something along with it. But prior to that, back in 2008, I did my first Peace Tree Road Rage, which was my race that I did every single year since 2008, and I still do. Um, my dad actually ran that race, and I really appreciated going to see him um, cheer him on when he did that race when he lived here. He does not live in Atlanta anymore, but when he did live here and I was younger, I would cheer him on. So that was kind of my gateway into running. So between 2008 and 2015 is when I ran that race. But you know what's funny is that I would only train 
for that race. So I would literally start training the beginning of the year to get ready for July 4th. And then after that race on July 4th, the Peachtree, I would not run for the rest of the year. So from 2008, basically to 2015, that was kind of how my life was with running. I would train up for that race only. And that was it. Um, and so in 2015, 2014, 2015, I decided to get serious about running and that's when I got into the distance running world. And that was kind of my transition from, um, doing the one race a a year to also being a semi-pro cheerleader. I said, I needed to do something to keep myself active. And so I actually joined a run group here in Atlanta, um, called movers and pacers. And that was my gateway into running. So I actually, started doing I did my first half marathon that year untrained which I don't advise people to do untrained half marathon Uh, but I did untrained half marathon that year and then it just kind of picked up from there so you know you get around different people that love running and that are doing a lot of distance running and you know you just kind of soak it up and you got kind of get that positive peer pressure so that's kind of what happened for me. Can you describe your first half marathon a little bit? Because you said it was untrained. And I I think I read, or maybe you mentioned it in the YouTube video that it was a lot of hills. So it was really difficult. (laughs) You want to talk about it a little bit? Yes, for sure. So um, I don't know. Have you ever run Atlanta? No, I've never even been there. Okay, yes. So you have to come. But Atlanta is very hilly. (laughs) And it's like literally rolling hills. So this actually was the Thanksgiving Day half marathon that's here in Atlanta that's usually put on by Atlanta Track Club. And um, it is through the city of Atlanta, through downtown, and it's very hilly. And it was like 30 something degrees. So not only was it super cold, but it was also hilly. And I just, I just, in my mind, I was like, I have some people that I that support me out here. I'm just going to push through it. It's going to be fine. I didn't have any fuel. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what it meant to have gels or fuel. All I knew was that I had on some tights. I had on a layer, like I had two layers of like sweatshirts or like a Nike jacket on. I did have running shoes at that point, but I hadn't gone to get like an official gait analysis or like real running. Like I had on some Nikes, but they weren't, you know, probably the best running shoes for a half marathon. Um, And it literally ended up just being a run walk. I was miserable, honestly. (laughs) It was pretty bad. Like I tell myself when I got done with the run, like I literally got finished and I I found a curb and I just sat there and cried at the end because my body was really, really hurting. And my friends were searching for me and I couldn't even like get my phone to tell them that I was okay. Like between my hands being frozen because I was cold and I didn't have the proper attire on to the fact that I just did 13.1 miles untrained. Like my body was literally in shock. So yeah, it was pretty, it wasn't, it wasn't that great, but it was definitely very hilly. And I think that that's, that's what adds to it. Like, even though I had been running and the Peachtree Road Race is also a hilly course, when you do 13.1 miles worth of rolling hills, it's, it's, it's different. It hits your body different. <laughs> yeah. You should come out here and do the, like the Phoenix Mesa. It's so mm. flat. You probably get a really great PR. <laughs> really? So is that's uh okay. So Phoenix, what year time of the year usually is that? Um, I think February around president's day. Okay. I'm gonna have to keep that on my list. Cause I'm, I'm on a quest and that's, that's a, is that a half? There's a half and a full. Okay, so I'm on a quest to do 50 states, 50 half and 50 states, and I have not done Arizona yet, so. Um, Lost Dutchman, it's around, the, they're like a week apart usually. That one is my favorite because they have the best snacks. 
Um, it is a little bit more hilly, but it sounds like you're prepared for that. So, <laughs> yeah. And tell me the names of them again. I'm going to write it down. So there's Lost, the Lost Dutchman Marathon. Okay. And then the Phoenix Mesa Marathon. Okay. Okay. I will keep you posted. Well, obviously, probably not this, not 2021. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, keep me posted. Yes. Yes. Uh, I will definitely keep you posted because. I'm one of those people like I enjoy because I'm so used to Atlanta Hills. I truly enjoy going to other places to run races because first of all, it's a mind thing for me. Right. So when I run in Atlanta, I know when hills are coming because I'm used to the streets because I'm born and raised here. So I know, okay, when I, when we make this left, we're going to go up this hill, et cetera. So it's kind of a mind game, but when you run in places that you've never been, you you're it's a surprise for you and it's just a different type of you know mental game so I really enjoy it and then seeing of course seeing a city on foot is always exciting exactly Mm -hmm. um so follow-up question about from the race Mm -hmm. how do you prepare to run in like that cold of weather because I am in Arizona so where I live I don't think sometimes it gets in the 40s but I don't think I've ever had to run in the 30s I don't know if I could manage Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that everybody is different, but it's all about layering. So um, to me, I think the coldest I've run is like 30, um, like temp, the temp 30, not just within the 30s, but 30 was like the lowest that I've run in. Um, so for me, it's always about having the right, because your your extremities is what gets cold the quickest, and then it causes the body, the, the whole body to get cold. So when I say extremities, meaning hands and feet and ears. So that's to me is the most important thing. Um, And then you can kind of work out the rest of the body. So always have on, I usually have on, sometimes I'll layer the socks depending upon which ones I have. So I have a pair of dry fit socks on and then I have a pair of wool socks on. So that helps to keep the feet warm. Um, And then of course they also have shoes that are, you want to ensure that you try to not to have a shoe that has like a fly knit material. So I wear a lot of Nikes, but a lot of the top part of the top part of the, uh, like the, the toe box and everything usually is uh, can be like a thinner breathable material. But if you can get shoes that don't have that breathable material that you can run in, then that works better. So that's what I do in regards to the feet. Um, in regards to the hands, um, they definitely have a lot of running gloves that are insulated. Um, and I have some kind of the Nike ones that I actually love are actually insulated, but the other piece to it is I wear, uh, heating packs, little, uh, the hand warmers, so they're like little, uh, what do they look like? They look like little seasoning packs. They're really small. And you can just, you pop them and then you shake them and then you slide them in your gloves. So those keep your hands warm. Um, and then when it comes to my my head, I usually have on some kind of beanie or kind of the headband. It's like the fleece material to make sure that my ears are covered and my head is covered. Um And then I also wear a, usually I have something around my neck or my mouth. So I know some people like right now, especially because of COVID, people are using the neck gaiters, which are kind of like the running scarves and you can kind of pull it up around your mouth. Um, So there's times that I 
wear those during the winter time because I'm an open mouth breather when I run. So, and usually when I get done doing a cold run, I literally like sound like I have bronchitis because I'm like coughing because of all the air in my lung. But I have this really particular gaiter that's more of a fleece material and it actually can go over my head, my ears and my mouth. So when it's usually 30 degrees, I usually just have my eyes out and I kind of look like a ninja. (laughs) Um, So I usually just have my eyes out because I have that one piece on. It's all black. It's a fleece material. So it keeps the wind out, but it covers my head, my ears, my neck, and I can pull it over my mouth. And then my eyes are just out. And then usually I also wear shades because usually when it's cold, it's breezy. Um, And so that kind of helps to kind of block that. So as long as I have that on, and then I usually wear, I don't wear sweatpants. Like you want to be careful not to overheat yourself because you want to still remember that your body warms up 20 degrees from the temp. So if it's 40 degrees outside, by the time you get warmed up, depend, and everybody's different on the time frame, you, if it's 40 degrees outside, your body warms up to 70, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel like it's 70 degrees outside. Um, and so you don't want to layer up too much. But usually during the 30 degree weather, I wear insulated tights. Um, and so um, who is it? Under Armour as well as Nike have some really, really good insulated, uh, insulated tights. And those are just tights that has a thicker liner in them and then I usually wear a singlet with a long a singlet shirt with a long sleeve and then I have this one jacket that's just amazing it's also by Nike but it's a it's a thin jacket that's form-fitted but it has some vents on the side so that if I get too hot it'll allow me to to cool down but it also is insulated and that's it so I don't wear a lot of lot of layers because you don't want to feel health heavy for one. And then you also, you, your body warms up to a different temp. So I think it's about the technology of the clothes and not necessarily how many layers, if that makes sense. I know I gave you a long answer, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I Sorry. think, no, that's really good advice because January is coming up and a lot of people are going to, you know, start their annual fitness program. Um, yes. So yeah, it's going to be in some places, it's going to be pretty cold. So that's, really good advice for people yeah. that are starting yeah. to get and ready. Yeah, I'm planning to probably do a YouTube channel on kind of what I do. I know a lot of places, like I'm not a, I don't run in the snow because I'm in Atlanta. We, it doesn't snow here. So that I, I, I'm seeing a lot of people on my social media that are already running in snow. And that's not like, that's not the case here. Like today it's 60 degrees. Um, so, you know, it looks very different. But uh, yeah, I think just understanding warm weather and like the little things that you have to do and not to overdo it, because I think that that's what happens too, especially with new runners tend to overdo it and like put on too many later layers. And then you're trying to take off layers while you're running because you're hot. And that's, that's uncomfortable too. So, well, and then you got to carry it too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so second follow-up question from the race. So mm-hmm. after that kind of miserable ending um, where you're feeling just, you know, tired and your body is in shock. What made you sign up for your next race? Oh my gosh. Peer pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Peer pressure. I literally, like I said, I ran with a running group. um, So my friends weren't going to allow me to just give up. Um, So it was between that, but then even though it was a miserable race, I said, I cannot allow this to be it. Like I'm one of those people that when I get defeated, I'm like, okay, I need redemption. I did the same thing with my first full marathon. So it was just one of those things where I'm like, 
okay, that's what that was. That was a PR because it was my first. However, I know that I can do better. And so I immediately signed up for the next year's race, the same exact race. <laughs> so just mentality. And then people might be hanging around people that are doing great things that won't allow you to just give up. That's basically what really gets me going and motivates me. Um, can you tell us, this might be hard for you to choose, um, one of your best races? So it's really hard to choose, but the most, I would say the most memorable, memorable race, um, it would have to be so the Peachtree Row race because it's my first race is always memorable for me. Like it's, it's like a, I call it a party on the pavement. So that race is always going to be my favorite regardless of the year, like, because it's just a really good time. And, it, and because it's here in Atlanta, I, I tell people all the time, like if you've never run in Atlanta, the Atlanta running community is big and it's very close knit as well. Um, and I'm very engulfed in it. And so it's like a family reunion on that day. Um, so it's really, really fun. So between that and I'll honestly say my first full marathon, even though it was not the best experience in regards to physicalities, um, which I know we'll probably get into, but like it was not the best experience. I had an injury to flare up, but I think the fact that how I persevered through training, how I persevered through the race, it literally changed me. Like I tell people all the time, when you run a, a marathon, 26.2 miles, you will never be the same as a person <laughs> like you you just change because of the work that you have to put in and, and doing 26.2 miles on foot. is just a totally different journey. Um, and so after I crossed my first, that first finish line of 26.2 miles, like I just was a different person. And that race took a lot of dedication. Um, I had an IT band. I did not know that I, I had an injury in it. And my IT band started to flare up at mile eight of 26.2 miles. Um, so from mile eight to 26.2, I literally cried, cursed, like just had a whole meltdown, limped along, did a little bit of jogging and then I'll walk. It was a long 26.2, but I had refused to give up. And so that was basically why it's just so memorable for me. And it was also my favorite because it was a great experience. My dad and my three best friends came out to cheer me on for that race. It was in Chicago. Um, in 2017. So they came and cheered me on for that race and to have them out there fly out there to give me that support for my first full. It was just amazing. Just an awesome experience. And then kind of speaking about injuries. Um, so I saw or maybe it was in your YouTube video, you said you do yoga once a week now? Are you still doing that? Yes, yes. So I still do that. So Usually I um, try to do yoga once a week, especially when I'm training. Uh, I don't absolutely love, love yoga. Um, and it's probably just because I feel like I could be doing something else in my time and I don't focus like I should be. <laughs> every runner everywhere about anything that's not running. <laughs> Yes, yes. And that's how I am about strength training, too, because it's so important. Uh, but usually when I'm really focused on a race, I definitely do the yoga once a week. And I also do stretching. So I think more so I try to focus on dynamic stretching and static stretching daily. Um, so to ensure that I'm stretching it out, but I also incorporate yoga within there, especially when I'm doing longer miles. Right now, I'm not technically training for anything. Um, so I may not do it weekly, but I definitely put that in and do strength training when I'm training. And have you found that it's helped you um, keep from getting an injury or that IT band flare up or? Yeah. So I would say that it helps with that. I think my stretching 
pre and post run is very imperative. Um, right. And strength training. So when it comes to IT band, IT band injuries, it just, a lot of people think it's your knee, but it's not, even though the pain is exhibited in the knee, it's literally your glute, your hamstring and your quad, or more so your hamstring and your glute that is, needs to be strength, strengthened. So with helping out with your IT band, you basically have weak glutes and all, all of the tension is pulling and it's pulling from the knee. So for me, I focus on ensuring that I'm stretching pre and post rate run as well as ensuring that I'm doing strength training. So I'm doing your squats. I'm doing your deadlifts. I'm doing your lunges. I'm doing things that strengthen, strengthening other areas of my body that usually as runners, we don't focus on because we want to just run, run and run. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's important to ensure that we're getting the weightlifting in. And of course you're not doing that every day. I'm usually doing, okay. you know, I'm usually doing that twice a week you know, if that, and then of course the core, because what people don't realize is that there's so many areas of your body that kind of connect to each other that we don't realize it. Like, especially like the calves, for instance, like I think the calves is something that runners neglect all the time. We're like hamstrings, quads, we'll work on those. We'll do some crunches, but we don't do calf raises and things of that nature, but your calf links to all of your leg. (laughs) And if you're, you know, if those aren't strong, you know, you can have weaker areas. So strength training. And I think in the stretching is really important. Yoga is also obviously good as well. um, But I think that the strength training and the stretching is kind of my top priorities. Do you have any other just interesting run stories of things that happened either on a regular run, a group run during a race? Maybe something you weren't expecting? Um, let's see. So Finding a good garage sale. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I don't think I've ever run any, anything, any, excuse me, past anything like that. Um, I know that when I ran, I did run a half marathon in New Orleans um and that was a good time so of course you kind of you know what you see in new orleans on bourbon street so although it was not on bourbon street we did wait no i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) okay so i did a half marathon in uh new orleans louisiana can you what do you see on bourbon street though oh So on Bourbon Street, most time people are very intoxicated. Um, they're lifting shirts to get beads. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, you know, Street. it's just, <laughs> yes, it's very fun. And, you know, there's music playing. You have people drumming on, um, you know, they're having music. They're doing live, like, blues or, like, drums, like, high eclectic music. So it's a very active street. <laughs> So there's a lot going on. Um, and so, of course, running that race, we crossed over Bourbon Street. We weren't on Bourbon Street because it's usually very crowded. Um, but cross over Bourbon, Bourbon Street. And, of course, I got, you know, got got a little show when I crossed over Bourbon Street. So that <laughs> was always exciting. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's an exciting run. Uh- yes, <laughs> definitely an exciting run. So, very, very, definitely a very, very good time um, in regards to that. So I've been enjoying doing um, my 50 states, 50 state journey, because you never know what you're going to get at, you know, different races. How many states do you have left? I've only done seven. So I have a long way on my quest. Okay, (laughs) I mean, seven, that's a pretty good start. Yeah, so I have done seven. Um, and I've done more of the ones that are kind of close. So I've done, of course, Atlanta, 
Texas, North New York, Louisiana, North Carolina, Indiana. Um, and I've done what was the other one? No, I've done more than that. And I've done DC, Washington, DC. So yeah. So there's been some other places that I've definitely done like five K's or like Alabama. I did a relay race in that, but I would need to go back to do actual half. So I want to do actual half, even though I've run um, in so many other states, other distances, um, but I want to do an actual half in each state. Do you want to talk a little bit about the run duo and then your YouTube channel miles from India? Yeah, sure. So so I, I guess I kind of let people know that. Um, so my journey to my first full marathon in 2017, um, I had a lot of people reaching out to me in regards to my training and the things that I was doing to prepare for that. So I actually decided to start a, start a uh, vlog back in 2017, but I actually only had it on, on, in, on Facebook. Um, and so I did that for my 2017 marathon as well as my 2018 marathon. Um, and then during that process, I stopped blogging because I wasn't doing a lot of interesting things. And my friend, Tommy Mitchell, who is the co-host of the Run Duo podcast, he actually connected with me because he had his own podcast called Shut Up Tommy. Um, and he asked me about it and he asked me if I wanted to do co-host with him in regards to the podcast. And I was like, you know what? I will do that. So he transitioned his name from Shut Up Tommy to the run. We transitioned to the run duo. So we enjoy entertaining people, talking to people about distance running or just running in general. We talk about in-state, out-of-country, all of the races. We usually have an interview. Um, we usually interview someone on that podcast. And that usually is someone that is just doing extraordinary things you know, but maybe just an everyday person. Um, and we try to ensure that we get diverse individuals on our podcast. Um, so we definitely kind of get their running story, what they're doing in the running community, things that are definitely things that are going on. And then Tommy and I do what we call shenanigans, where we just kind of talk about what we're doing and any crazy stuff that's happening in our lives. We definitely mention that. So it's a bi-weekly podcast and it can be found on all the major podcast platforms. So your Apple, um, your Spotify, all of the major podcast platforms, you can find it there. Um, so that's what we do. And that's every other Thursday, we launch a new episode. And then that kind of spend, you know, inside it, once I did the vlogging for the full marathon and then the podcast, I realized for me, when I first started running, um, there was not a lot of YouTube content out there for runners. And when I was trying to find information on how to run a, full, a marathon, how to run a half, how to run a 5K, the type of stuff that I needed, I did not find a lot of women of color out there giving this type of information. Or I also did not find content that was relatable to me. So what that means for me is, a lot of times you can find a lot of information that elite runners are doing and it's kind of over your, over your head, right? Like it's not, people are saying acronyms and things that you don't understand. People are like talking about how they ran a, mat, a mile in five minutes. Like that wasn't lingo that I could relate to. Um, and so I decided starting this year in June that I wanted to launch my own YouTube page and it's called Miles from India. 
And it is my way of not only showing representation to the black and brown, black indigenous people of color, but in showing representation, but it also helps me to connect with people on a relatable level for people that need information or content in regards to running. So not only do I give tips and tricks and how to's, but I also kind of show my running and kind of what I'm doing, but I want it to be a resource for people to either get into running, stay into running, stay motivated and inspire people that are running. Um, so I post a weekly vlog on my YouTube page, Miles from India. Usually on Tuesdays, I post a vlog. And again, it varies on the things, the information that I post. So that's really what I have my hands in. So between the podcast and the vlog and my regular full-time job, that's what keeps me busy. And I'm also now a run coach. So I also have a couple clients that I coach for running. So I stay busy. <laughs> So is there anything else that you want to mention? No, just definitely um, check out my, I guess the podcast, the run duo again is on all of the different major platforms. Uh, my YouTube page is called miles from India. And then I also have a website miles from India.com. And that is where you can see all the links to the podcast, my YouTube, you know, my bio and all that stuff is there. So definitely check me out. If you have any questions, uh, I know some people may have some winter running questions since I did mention a little bit about that and if you all just want to chat it up um, definitely hit me up I'm definitely very I like talking to people so it excites me and I actually love like new runners and you know people that are trying to get to a half marathon or different distances like I love that so definitely let's chat and let's continue to diversify the running industry all right athletes that's all the time we have for today's episode I want to say thanks again to India Cook for agreeing to be interviewed for today's episode. I super appreciate it, and it was so much fun talking to you. Um, she is actually very responsive, so if you have questions for her, um, check out her YouTube channel or her website. Um, we actually met because I saw that she had completed the Roadrunners Club of America running coaching training program, and I wanted to ask her about it, so I messaged her on Instagram because I'm set to take mine in December. So <laughs> definitely, if you have questions, don't hesitate to reach out. She's super nice and easy to talk to. In today's episode, uh, India also talked about doing yoga and strength training. And I just wanted to remind you that in December, uh, you can get access to free virtual yoga classes on Zoom if you visit freeoutside.com. And I hope you tune in next time for part-time athletes. Mm-hmm. <laughs>